Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to makingauthenticfriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 98. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you have been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show and just for all the love and support. I honestly can't believe that we are on episode 98, just a couple more episodes and we'll be getting to 100, which is amazing. I'm also slightly bummed because if you've been listening to the show, then you maybe heard last year when I did the one year anniversary episode, I had said that my goal this year was to do some kind of like live event for the show. And I was, you know, kind of preliminary hoping that it would kind of correlate with the 100th episode. Um, obviously, you know, good old COVID quarantine has changed those plans. So initially, yeah, I was, I was hoping to maybe do that like around this time. And then I was like, well, maybe in the fall we can do that. But now it sounds like we're going to have another wave of this in the fall. Who even knows? But yes, the live event, it's still very much something I would like to do, but it's definitely on the back burner. Um, I would love to hear from you guys, though, just like state by state, how things are going for you. I had shared a little bit on social media this week. Logan is back in therapy, which I had talked about a little bit last week, too. But he is back in therapy. We're kind of doing like 50-50 at his center and at home. So far, it's actually going really great. I thought we might have a little bit of a hard time kind of transitioning back into that routine. But in true Logie fashion, he has surprised me and just done awesome, especially at the center. He is like just killing it there. He had a, a full day today. We're doing a couple like longer days during the week and a couple half days. Um, and he's just doing great. He's He's really just getting right back on track. So I'd love to hear, yeah, from you guys, like what... If you're back in therapy, how how things are looking just like in your area. We do have, in, in Illinois, at least where we are, there's we have fairly low number of new cases and things are moving forward. We're in phase four now, but I know I have heard from people in like different states that are kind of going backward and they're going from like phase three back to phase two, which is such a bummer. Um, yeah, still like so much unknown, but it does feel really great here to be like being careful and being cautious and using you know all the precautions but kind of getting out we were able to go over the weekend to the aquarium with the kids and I mean everybody wore masks there was hand sanitizer everywhere they had you know arrows like directing directing traffic and 
lots of employees wiping everything down. So, I mean, it definitely was like different than our typical aquarium experience from, you know, visits past, but the kids had a great time. And honestly, it was just nice to like kind of do something, <laughs> especially in the summertime. It's like, we're used to doing some adventures. So yeah, let me know how things are, are looking out by you guys. And I do want to just say thank you to everyone who's kind of stuck with the podcast these past few months, obviously just with like COVID and quarantine, things have been crazy. You know, our family got sick. Um, and then just everything with my sister, I feel like the podcast is kind of like rerouted itself. <laughs> um, and not even necessarily in a bad way. And I've honestly gotten so much great feedback from you guys just talking about how you've enjoyed the episodes with my sister and just the more soul episodes that I've been doing. So I really, really appreciate that. And today we're like getting back on course. The GPS has rerouted once again, and we're back on our current path. So my guest today is Tiffany. She is an autism mom and she's also a listener. She's been a listener of the show for a while. So her and I have been just in correspondence for a while now. She was like an early listener and we actually recorded this podcast a couple months ago, like sort of more in the beginning of quarantine. Um, and it was funny cause when I listened back to this, I, the, there was parts that I cut out like of our, our earlier conversation that we were talking about, um, you know, like school maybe coming back in session, which is funny now because obviously that didn't happen. Um, but Tiffany is awesome. She has a really unique journey. She has two older sons who are typical. And then she had a little surprise baby, which I understand that. <laughs> and that was her, her little guy, Parker. And he is who we primarily talk about today because he's on the spectrum. And Tiffany is just a delight. She's a total sweetheart and very honest and open. I was so glad to, you know, get her on the show after talking to her for so long. Um, and just hearing her perspective, especially, like I said, as someone who has, you know, older typical kids and then kind of being like thrust into this world of autism, definitely. A, a unique journey for sure. So I know you guys will enjoy listening to her. I do want to say most of this is, is comes in really clearly, but we did have a little bit of a delay. I don't know what is plaguing me lately with my interviews, but there has been just delays happening. Um, but like I said, everything comes in, comes in clearly. And I know you will really enjoy listening to Tiffany. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you so much for being here. So Tiffany is a listener who I connected with a while back now, and I'm super excited to finally get you on the pod because I'm familiar with your story, but I'm excited to kind of hear more of it and sort of fill in those gaps. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning of your journey, I would love to hear. Sure. Not a problem. My journey is a little bit different than a lot of the moms you've talked to. I'm an older mom. Parker, my little guy on the spectrum, is six. But my motherhood journey started a long time <laughs> ago with the birth of my oldest son way back in 2000. Uh, my husband and I will celebrate 25 years of marriage Good this year. And we... You know, we had two boys, they're Irish twins, 10 months apart um, in my late 20s. And I had fairly complicated pregnancies. Um, lots of my first son was born prematurely. And my second son required three months of bed rest to get him uh, to 
a full-term oh, wow. status. So after the birth of my second son and a heart-to-heart with my OB, we decided at that time that we were probably done. We were very blessed that despite all patients we had, the end result was two healthy boys. And we just sort of set about life as a family of four. Uh, It was very fun to have two boys close in age. They had a built-in best friend. It made traveling easy. And we just were enjoying life. We enjoy traveling. And both of my older boys are into sports. And like I said, we were just enjoying life. And we got the surprise of a lifetime. I was 41 when we found out we were pregnant with Parker. And after you've gone well over a decade not pregnant, that wasn't necessarily the first thing. Of course, the first thing on my mind at that point was, huh, this might be like an early menopause. (laughs) But um, I learned very quickly that uh, that was not the case. And we set out on this new journey. Um, we found out I was pregnant. My older boys were 11 and 12. They were 12 and 13 when Parker was born. And, um, Parker, like a lot of the stories I've heard, Parker's first year of life was very typical. Um, I had a fairly okay pregnancy. He was born a little bit early, 36 weeks and two days. He did spend four days in the neonatal intensive care unit but recovered fairly well. And with the exception of what turned out to be an anaphylactic dairy allergy Mm. um, that just presented some problems very early on, uh, after we got the whole eating thing under control and eliminated dairy out out of my diet and then eventually transitioned to a Uh, a hypoallergenic formula for him. Uh, Once we started that, he was like a dream baby. He, Mm -hmm. he was, uh, so, you know, the first six weeks were a little rough. Again, in hindsight, it was the dairy that was causing him a lot of discomfort and he just wasn't sleeping and a lot of projectile vomiting, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But once we transitioned to the hypoallergenic formula, it was literally almost instantaneous. We had a different kid and he was dreamy. I mean, he slept well. He was very engaging, hit all his milestones right on target, started talking around his first birthday uh, and was just, like I said, a super engaged baby having two older brothers who were that much older I think he was at his first basketball tournament when he was about 10 days old. <laughs> so he was a goer from day one, always around a lot of people. We have something in our district called um, ECFE, which stands for Early Childhood Family Education. And it it's just an opportunity for you to take classes. They base them, a lot of them, on the ages of your children. So uh, it's birthed to six months, six to 12, 12 to 18. And you do these little classes, parents, and, and it's all kids, similar ages. And we started these classes. We did them with our older boys and looked forward to doing them with Parker. We started them right away. And it was during those classes when I started to realize 
probably between 18 and 24 months that Parker had kind of stalled out. I hadn't really noticed a regression yet, but he had sort of just stopped uh, progressing. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he had a lot of single words. He could definitely um, let us know his needs. He would say cup or water if he was thirsty. He knew the names of a lot of food. If he was hungry, he would, you know, he could go and get his plate or he would say the name, a banana, apple, fruit snacks, stuff like that. So he had enough language to convey his needs at that young of an age. Um, But what I noticed in those classes were as the kids progressed from 18 months to closer to two, they started to put like two words together or three words together. And Parker wasn't doing that. And then when we moved from more of the baby toddler classes to a parents and twos class, I started noticing when the other two-year-olds would walk into the classroom, they would automatically be drawn to the area of the room where most of the kids were. So if they had a sensory table set up and most of the kids were standing around that, that's where the kids would gravitate. Parker would not. We would walk in the room and Parker would go to the same toy chest and want to play with the same. He had like two different types of toys that he was most drawn to. And that's what he wanted to do every day. (laughs) And I, it just, and I didn't necessarily think autism right away, but I knew it just sort of kind of raised that mom tuition, you know, like, this just seems off to me. So I had a conversation with the early childhood uh, educator. She agreed. So we initially started with a speech evaluation and we were very quickly, they're like, yep, there's definitely something going on here because he was under three. The speech therapist came to our home. Uh, I resonated with your story about the first person to bring up autism to you it was a very similar situation to us this speech therapist had been coming to our house it was about her third visit Mm. and at the end of their time together she sat down with me and said has anybody ever brought up the possibility of Parker being on the autism spectrum Um, I know you've said you didn't have a whole lot of experience with kids on the spectrum so but I did. Uh, I have two friends with boys on the spectrum. I have a second cousin with a son. And my kids had been in school with kids on the spectrum uh, throughout their whole elementary and middle school career. So um, I, my immediate reaction was to get defensive and shut down immediately. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get her out of my house. Uh, I called my husband and basically all I got out were the words she thinks Parker has autism and then it was just hysterics after that point but I think after a couple of days and a lot of research we started recognizing that anytime any of those lists you pulled up he was ticking a lot of those boxes not all of them Mm -hmm. but enough of them And enough of what I was reading said, the earlier you get this intervention, the better it will be for your kiddo. 
we really, by the time the next week, the speech therapist came, you know, we were ready to hit the ground running and do what we had to do. So we had him evaluated through our school district uh, and he was found, you know, and they, they diagnosed him through the district uh, on the spectrum. We started services immediately. um, And then they encouraged us to reach out to another in another to get that medical diagnosis, because they said, if you wanted to pursue any private therapy outside of the school district, you would need that medical diagnosis. So uh, we did some research, got some recommendations. We found uh, we have a a place in Minnesota called Frazier. They have several, um, I'll call I guess, therapy centers, schools, whatever. They have them all over. So we, uh, we went ahead and scheduled an evaluation. And like everybody else, you wait forever. But uh, shortly after his second birthday, um, right, right before he was two and a half, we then got that medical diagnosis as well and sort of started that whole journey. Mm-hmm. So, and he did um, speech therapy, occupational therapy. And then when he was three, he started um, what's called day treatment. And that sounds very similar to the ABA therapy that Logan had at home, but Parker did it in a center setting in a group setting, you know, it was, Mm -hmm. there was one adult per child, but there was a class of like six or seven kids. So they had each other to work on skills with, but they also were working on, everybody kind of had their own individual skills to work on. Mm -hmm. So he did that for two years and he also did a classroom through our school district. He did uh, an autism class. So he would go to the school district class in the morning I call it kind of a therapeutic preschool for lack, you know, just for ease of Mm -hmm. that's, but it was, you know, just getting him used to going to school. This is how you get on a bus. This is how you ride the bus. This is what happens when you get to school, you hang up your coat, you have a cubby and just sort of getting them used to that school routine at a very early age. And we felt like the day treatment program at Frazier complemented what the school district was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of work for him and he was out of the house from, you know, before eight o'clock in the morning and didn't usually get home until around five o'clock in the afternoon, but he just kind of thrived in that environment. He did very well and, um, and he completed that day treatment program, uh, in August of this past year. And, uh, and then we sent him off to kindergarten in September. So he is now. Uh, spends part of his day in a special ed class at the elementary school in our district. And then he does spend part of his day in a mainstream kindergarten class as well. Um, and then we're still doing some private therapy through Frazier uh, a couple days a week as well. So, and he's doing very well and we just couldn't be happier with the progress he's made so far. Oh, I mean, it sounds like he's got a really, a really good setup, just like lots of support. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We, uh, I will say when we had our evaluation with Frazier back when he was just a little over two and they asked us what school district we lived in, uh, when I told them the 
uh, the, the therapist that we were speaking with looked at us and said, never move. Mm. So we are really in, um, I think Minnesota in general is a great, they have a lot of services available to kids on the spectrum. I think it can vary by district, obviously. Um, and I think that our district just really, they, I don't know, they just, they had their act together. They knew what was coming down the pike. They made a little bit of a plan for it. Uh, you know, I think like everywhere else, I think it's just, they could probably add even more, mm-hmm. more therapies and stuff um, because, you know, as kids are being diagnosed and uh, such a higher rate now. And so, but they really did have um, our experience at least has been really very, very good. And um, it was encouraging when that therapist said to us, you know, never move <laughs> because uh, mm-hmm. uh, she really had a lot of good things. So, so yeah, I think um, in comparison to what I'm, I've heard from some other States, I think, I think we're very, very fortunate that we live where we do. And again, it also boils down to, and I know you've talked about this before, we have very good insurance and that helps too. Yeah. Yeah. That that definitely does make a difference. I was just talking to, it was Chris and Jane Chu from Chew Buddy who they live in Minnesota. Um, and yes. they actually said, told me the same thing that they were like, we're, we're lucky with the spot where they're at. Cause their son, he has autism, but he also has CP and a, a few other like co-diagnoses. And so I, I think, like you said, Minnesota is a, they have a lot available. I do sometimes think though, even like state by state, cause where we are in Illinois, I think we have a lot available to us, but I know people that are more in like central or Southern Illinois and there's not as much available. So, right. And I, and I think that, right. I think yeah. people who maybe live more, you know, in more rural parts of Minnesota would probably say the same thing that they don't yeah. have. Um, but we're in the twin cities Metro area. And I think we are very fortunate that uh, we have a lot of options. So yeah. that day program sounds awesome, especially cause like you said, he was able to do that with preschool. Yes. Um, I can see how that would just be so beneficial, especially at that young age. It really was. And I think, um, you know, with Parker, we're finding that being around, you know, his probably his biggest area of need is in that social, emotional communication. Mm -hmm. So the more opportunity he has to be around peers and it doesn't matter whether they're on the spectrum or not, um, giving him those opportunities to be around other kids and almost forcing those interactions, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where we see the most growth with him. And especially now that he has the opportunity to spend some time during his day with, you know, his neurotypical peers in the mainstream kindergarten, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're great teachers without even realizing it. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So when he's in the, like the typical classroom, does he have a para with him or is it just with? The yes, team? they sent. Okay. Yep. So the, there's uh, a para that works with him in his special ed class. And then she does follow him to the mainstream kindergarten. And when he goes to kindergarten, he's mainly going for like morning meeting. Mm-hmm. 
excuse me. <clears throat> He'll go to uh, a specialist with them, like music, library, FIED, uh, recess, stuff like that. So he's, uh, you know, the more core academic stuff. He, he'll stay back and, and do that within the confines of the smaller okay. special ed room. But yes, he always does have somebody with him. Gotcha. He yeah. still needs that I, kind of oversight. Totally. Totally. Um, I always say to parents, like when we're talking about, you know, kind of deciding like placement, which is so personal to yep. everyone. Oh, absolutely. Yes, totally. Um, I, I feel like when you can, you know, kind of get both scenarios, if you will, like where you have, you know, kind of they they're with their their peers who are, you know, on the spectrum or just maybe have more cognitive delays, what have you. Yep. It, like it, just the pace of that it, in terms of like academics, I think it, especially for like for Logan, this was a big deciding factor for us when we were placing him for kindergarten. I just, I knew that the pace of the typical kindergarten class was just not going to work for him. I went and observed some yep. classes before. Yeah. Yep. So that main thing is I'm just like this, because I mean, he, even though, you know, he's obviously he's nonverbal, so it's like, he's not going to be able to interact as much in terms of language, but he definitely understands what's expected of him in a classroom. But when I was in that typical kindergarten class, I was just like, okay, no, these kids are like light years ahead of where he was at that point. And I just felt, I felt really more comfortable with him in the self-contained class, but at the same time, I still wanted him to have that interaction with his typical peers. So where he's at now, it's, it's, he's, he's not like half and half, like Parker sounds like he is, but he does get pulled in for a lot of the same stuff. Like you're talking about with his typical peers for like, he does music with them. He does gym class. They have like more social time they're on the playground with them. And I think that that is like, I always say we have like the best of both worlds. And I just, I'm so thankful for that. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. I am too. I think it's, um, I think it's important on both sides. I think it's important for Parker and Logan to have mm-hmm. those opportunities. The neurotypical peers because they're, you know, my whole thing with Parker is I want these kids to know who Parker is throughout their elementary school years so that when middle school and high school rolls around, they're, that Parker will just be Parker, you know, I, you know, and I think it's mm-hmm. an opportunity to just be around kids like Parker and Logan learn from a very young age how to interact with them when they have the support in there you know they have a parent in there who can kind of help you know you know well if you want Parker to play with you this is a good way to talk to him or sometimes you need to touch Parker's arm to get his attention or things like that and I think the earlier that happens then that becomes less I don't know you know, it just, it doesn't seem so apt to interact with him as they start getting older versus being intimidated. And I think a lot of that comes from just not knowing how to interact, you know, just because it can sometimes feel like they're not paying attention, but they really are. And so um, Mm -hmm. I know my husband, Chris and I were out at the grocery store and we were in the bakery section and a little girl started screaming from across the bakery, 
it's Parker, it's Parker. And it was one of the little girls from the, and I, Mm. and that was just so heartwarming for us because she knew who Parker was. Mm. She won't seek him out and say hi to him. And it was just really, it was sweet to see that, you know, and, and that there was a mutual, like Parker got a big smile on his face and, and was, you know, happy to see her. And we ran into another little boy at Home Depot the other day. And it's just fun to see that those connections are just starting to form. So. Uh, um, last year I had gone to Logan's school for awesome awareness month in April. And I read a, a book. Um, I read, why is he doing that? Which is a, yes. a great autism book. Um, I actually, yeah, I had I on the show and I read that to, yeah, I read that to his typical class and it was so, like you said, so heartwarming because when Logan and I walked in, we had his, his class came in too and they, everyone listened to the story all together, but him and I walked in first and the kids in the typical class were already kind of waiting for us and they were sitting and I heard them all, they were like, oh, that's Logan, Aww. Logan's coming, here comes <laughs> Logan. And it was like, they were they recognized immediately, they were like so excited to see him. And then as soon as he came in there was a little boy that went and gave him a hug and he was telling me, he's like, he's like, Logan is my oh. friend. I like to help him. And I was just like, I love you. you right. Angel. <laughs> and yeah. Those, yes, exactly. Those moments are like truly everything. They're just so special. Um, and like you said, I think it is just, you know, exposing yep. all, yep. every kid, every, every person, just especially from a young age like that, because then it's like, it's, you know, they just grow this up is thinking, perfectly normal. Like, hey, this, this is, is just my Parker, buddy Logan. This is just Logan. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Exactly. Yeah, this is just like how yep. how we do things. So I I think that such a such a good point. Um, I know you had said that that Parker he isn't also in the. Would you call it self? It's a it's a self it like a yeah it's a self contained. I know, I know everybody are. has a different ter- terminology. It is a self contained classroom. Yeah. Um, I think there are six or seven kids in there and I, they just got a new kiddo and I can't remember if that put them at six or if they were at six and now at seven or if they were at five and now I think they're at seven now. And I think that's all they can have in there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a special ed teacher. There are several okay. paras, speech therapy, occupational therapy, uh, adaptive FIED, um, they all come and most of the kids, I think all of the kids are on the autism spectrum, except one, there is one little boy with down syndrome. So, um, so, and they're, you know, at various, you know, various different levels. I I know some of the kids don't really leave the classroom very often and others like Parker leave it a little bit more often. I know with Parker, he -hmm. was going to the kindergarten class a lot. And then, after winter break all of a sudden we just started seeing some behaviors so they pulled back a little bit and I guess for me I just love that flexibility and the fact that um that that that's even an like that they have the option to send more or less just based on what they're seeing from him I think is uh is such a blessing so so I'm with you just yeah feel it I think you're the per- first person that I've talked to that has like such a similar setup yeah, to what yeah, we do, yeah. <laughs> which is, is really cool. Cause sometimes I do feel like it is very yeah. all or nothing. 
And that can seem like really scary for parents. I, I actually just had a conversation recently with um, a special needs attorney who works a lot with like school because, you know, they're trying to find the right placement, the right services for these kids. And it, it, it so often it's just like the support is just not there. And when you have situations like you or I have, it's like you realize oh, how 100%. lucky you are because, yes. yeah. Our kids really do, they, they get the support they need in, in, in both settings. I agree. And I think it, it, I, you know, I've listened to every one of your episodes and heard all the the various guests you've had on. And I, I agree. And I, I just, it, it breaks my heart that to know that there are kids out in this world like Parker and like Logan, who maybe aren't getting all that they should be getting um, just based on like where they live or something, you know, I just, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate that we just can't, like can't all, everybody just have the same opportunities (laughs) because, and I do, I, you know, I fully acknowledge that we are very blessed um, by where we Mm -hmm. live. The fact that we have great insurance and um, you know, and for us too, you know, having Parker later in life, we've, we've had the time uh, to dedicate because that's the other thing. I don't know. I listen to some of you parents with multiple kids, all little, I, the paperwork alone that I have to fill out for Parker. I mean, I, it's like, a, it's like a, you know, it's like a full-time job. So, I, you know, I, um, I just, uh, I really it's just been, it's been very, it's been a wonderful education for me listening to the various guests you've had on who have, you know, kind of covered the gamut of what's available and, you know, and I know you've had guests on who have chosen to homeschool for a variety of reasons Mm -hmm. and private schools. And, but I agree. I, I have felt the same way. I, I have felt like it sounded like Logan had a similar set set up to Parker, but um, clearly that is not the norm. So, yeah, I don't think it is, but I have talked to parents like individually and when they're in a situation where, you know, they're, they're kind of presented with yep. here, like you can do this sort of self thing or you can do the, the general ed thing. I will kind of encourage them to be like, can you, see how much inclusion time they can get when they're that's a self-contained class I think sometimes even within the districts it's like it is kind of all or nothing but I know for Logan he started by just doing music class that was like the first thing that he did with his typical peers and I'm like can you just see if they would how how he would do with that and then once he did well with that then it was you can add in yep absolutely there's Uh, that flexibility yeah I I think that's and all you can do is ask the worst thing that they can say is no, we can't right. accommodate that. So, but you know, sometimes I think, and yes, I have felt this I way on my that. whole journey is there's really just not, I mean, you almost wish somebody had just a handbook to hand to you because a lot of this stuff we find out on our own. So I think sometimes without being encouraged to ask, people don't even know that they can, ask. like, I, I wouldn't even know what to ask know. <laughs> at this point. So it's I nice, know. you know, yeah. So yeah, I think, true. you know, that's why podcasts like this and all the other ones out there are so important because it gives, you know, it gives a collective knowledge base for parents to go out and say, 
hey, you know, I heard somebody on the podcast say that they had this and that sounds like it would work for my kid. So I'm going to see, is there something available where I live that looks like what they're talking about? So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my whole yep, reasoning yep, for starting. Yep. <laughs> no, well, I shouldn't say there's many reasons, but that's definitely one of them because I know when, when Logan was first diagnosed, I, I really just wanted yes. to talk to other autism parents and be like, well, what did you, what is, and, and even if like our situation is different, I, like you said, when you have, you know, a collection of different people that you've spoken to, like on this show, you know, you hear all these different perspectives and maybe you won't be able to relate with everything, but there might be a little piece that you're like, Hey, that Absolutely. might work for us. I should try that. So that's why, like I said, I'm, I'm, I feel like sometimes I sound like a broken record because I say a lot of the same things. <laughs> like, I don't know who's listening for the first time. I don't know whose first episode this is. So it's like, let me get this in while you're listening. Um, but like you said, just asking, I think, is always such a exactly. good way to go. And the worst they can say is no. You ask more. And then yeah, when they exactly. say no, I'm, you just yeah, push them a little harder. Exactly. I have said a yeah, lot in my journey. That. And now that we're, you know... Parker is now in kindergarten and stuff. I've said that to a lot of parents. You know, I have, I have found my big girl voice and I am not afraid to use it. So, and -hmm. sometimes you have to be that, you know, that mom, um, you know, when it comes, when it comes to your kid and you know them best and, you know, be their advocate and be their voice and fight for what they need because, Mm -hmm really we're we're just on the cusp of seeing the benefits of every you know every opportunity that Parker has had starting you know before he was two and a half until now and even if you don't necessarily get your autism diagnosis ready right away you can start some of that they'll qualify for speech therapy or occupational therapy and you know it, it all, it, it all makes a difference. Absolutely. Um, you said you found your bigger voice. Do you feel like because you had such a different experience and, and because your boys are so much older too, like this, this whole thing. With whole, just been like oh my gosh. You have no idea. You? <laughs> you have. Yeah. It, it is. No, it was like night and day. I mean, I always say Jordan and Mason are, were like, you're just your typical boys. They are great, amazing students. They are, you know, they were sports kids. You know, my oldest was a baseball player. My middle was a baseball player, but his passion is basketball. He's going to college next year to play ball. Um, you know, they were just kind of your, your typical all American boys and yeah. And we got mm-hmm. Parker and he is taking us on a completely different journey, but we're all learning so much from him. And he has, uh, I know when he was born, the husband of one of my friends referred to him as the people's baby because nobody, I mean, he's the, nobody has a kid close in age to him. He's the youngest, you know, he's the youngest grandkid on both sides of the family. So he just really has an army of people who love him and root for him and would do anything for him. Uh, and that includes two big brothers 
and their friends who just really have just taken uh taken a liking to that little boy and will do whatever it (laughs) takes to make him smile or laugh or uh so we always said that God had a plan for Parker and there was a reason that we were blessed with him so much later in life and I think that that story is starting to emerge now I think uh, I think he knew that he was going to need this army of people behind him to kind of get him through this and so we're very fortunate that um that we have the love and the support that we you know that he gets every day and he does not lack for people in his corner cheering him on that's for sure so Mm, I have like the biggest smile right now because that's just so heartwarming. Yeah, yeah, that was sweet to hear that. Oh, and he's God. got a pretty great autism dad too. So my husband is—he really just—I the very first episode that I caught of yours was the very first one you did with Manny, and I ugly cried through the oh. whole thing <laughs> because I could just—I don't know—he just I you know you could feel the love he had for Logan and Chris is the same way about Parker and he is, uh, he's pretty amazing. So, Aww. and he, he right now is the preferred parent cause I'm no fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I got a little, I have to get in a little plug for dad too. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, the autism dads are amazing. Um, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he kind of goes back and forth, but I, I do feel like, I feel like, Manny is definitely he it's so funny and I feel like kids do this in general but especially with Logan I see it where it's like he he has a, a need for us like in different ways you know 100 <laughs> percent. yep absolutely 100 yeah. percent. yep yeah so it's like there's yes, if Parker if they need something emotional like if they're sick or hurt they want mom mm-hmm. but for the rough and tumble fun time then it's dad for sure Yes, totally. And that's like Logan's favorite thing to do is be like, he loves to play like, I'm going to get you. He loves to play Chase. He loves oh, yeah. To- Parker, too. Yep. 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 All the rough housing. So, yeah, I, I would say that Manny probably is his preferred parent because he's a little more fun with stuff like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I definitely get that. Yeah, we got to got to shout out those autism dads, too. Well, it has absolutely just a pleasure to get to chat with you today. Do you want to share where people can connect with you if they have any questions or anything? <laughs> This is this is this is where I uh, I am not one of your typical guests. I do not have a blog. That's not okay. a, I, so honestly, the best place is I do have a my personal Facebook page. You're welcome to bot me a friend request, Tiffany Klett. Um and yeah, that's about it. That's okay. <laughs> no, I, just I do have human. I do have Instagram, but I never post anything. I only got it to stalk my children when they were younger. So <laughs> I just think that yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what what your your platform is, so to speak. Um, but I think that, like I said, I think every episode has something to kind of relate to. So oh, I I, I agree. Know. Yeah, if there's anyone that wants to wants to chat or something, find Tiffany on Facebook. Well, yes, it's been a pleasure yep. to chat with you. Thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your story. And I'm sure I will talk to you soon. <laughs> yes, thanks so much for having me, Megan. It was a pleasure. All right, take care. 
For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT. And I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Tiffany. Isn't she just a delight? I had such a great time chatting with her. I love her Minnesota accent. I just think it is so cute and and warm and welcoming. Um, And I just really appreciated her her coming on, especially because like I had said before, we have been talking for a while. She's been a longtime listener. So it was great to just get her on and hear more of her story. So thank you, Tiffany, for, for coming on the pod and being such a great guest. And now that Logan is back in therapy, I have some more time. I have some more, <laughs> some more free time to be working on this pod. So if you are interested in being a guest, if you'd like to share your story, I've talked to a few people recently who I'm definitely going to be getting on the books here. Um, but if you would like to come on, let me know if you want to send me an email at uh, adventuresinautism2018 at yahoo.com and just give me a little bit of your backstory, what you would want to talk about if you come on the show. That would be wonderful. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures and Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures and Autism Pod. And like I said, you can also email me at Adventures and Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, I love to hear from you guys, especially right now, honestly, with everything going on with my sister and just life. Things have been crazy. And yeah, hearing from you guys in this community has been such a a bright spot in all of this and just all the support and love. We appreciate it more than I can, more than I can even express. If you have been enjoying the show and you would be so kind to leave a review on Apple podcast, I would be so very appreciative. That just helps other people to find the show and keep this community growing And it just warms my heart when I read your kind reviews. So thank you so much. But you can also just, you know, hit that five star. That just takes a second and is super helpful as well. (laughs) So thank you to everyone. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Just all your support. You guys are the best. So that is all for now. And until next time, take care.